When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with another episode of Let's Ride. It is Friday on this Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning show. We did it. Made it through another week, even though it was probably a shortened week for most of you in the United States if you had Memorial Day off on Monday. But it is Friday. I'm excited for this show for a lot of reasons. There's a lot to discuss, a lot that I want to kind of get out there answering a, a really important question that's facing the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, but also... A new Friday segment uh, with one, it, this is tough for me to say. So this guy that I'm going to have on probably every Friday is a guy that used to be, I guess maybe he still is, we'll find out, part of my ride or die crew. And you might have listened to him on our podcast platform, on our podcast network on the Steelers Draft Fix. And he's actually writing, writing for the website now too, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. That's Jeremy Betts is going to be stopping by in the second half of this show, kind of doing what Michael Beck used to do for the website when he had the time. And I'm excited. I'm excited to have Jeremy on, or as I call him, Jerome. And it's going to be fun to talk with him about all things Steelers. And I just found out that he's a big golfer. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you stay tuned. And always, we always finish it out with a heart-to-heart at the end of my Friday show, so you don't want to miss that. All right, now normally I get into news. And I start off with news. And I had been talking about OTA news, organized team activities. But I think that for me, there's really only one news story right now, and it is the entire crux of the first half of this podcast. And when you're talking about what's going on with the Steelers right now, you can't talk about anything except 
Stefan Tuitt. Now, Dave Schofield, he did a phenomenal Stat Geek podcast on Thursday morning. If you have not heard it yet, go back and check it out. It was all about the salary cap implications of Stefan Tuitt now that he has decided to retire. And so I was sitting there, and I had a plan in place for my Friday show, and I decided to push it back. Not can it, push it back, because this is the news that is dominating. And as, as I'm the only one on our platform that has multiple shows a week, I have to cover the news. That's part of my job. And so the title of this show is, Where Do the Steelers Go From Here After the Tuit Retirement? Where do they go from here? Before we get into the minutia here, I want to talk about my thoughts on the situation. So I the whole time, and this is kind of the way, sadly, the way I thought after the Dwayne Haskins tragedy, you feel a certain thing, but there's also a part of you that is kind of uncertain about it, meaning you're just like, this, this does not fit well with me. It doesn't sit well with me. There's something missing. There's something that doesn't line up. It's the same way I felt with Dwayne Haskins when he was tragically killed in April down in Florida. And it's the same way, not the same tragedy, thank goodness, for Stefan Tuitt with his retirement. Everyone wants to know, did the Steelers know about this? And we're going to talk all about it. And we're going to look back at quotations from both Kevin Colbert when he was still the acting general manager, Mike Tomlin, and even the players his teammates, and what they thought. And we're going to talk about all that stuff. The one I try to wrap my head around this, because like I said, I do feel like the, the doesn't add up. I understand it. You know, step onto it with the knee injury combined with the death of his brother in a tragic fashion, not that any death is easier to comprehend. But when it's sudden like that, it can be more traumatic. And then you combine that with the fact that he had a year off And then you're throwing in that he got his degree from Notre Dame, and suddenly he finds that maybe he doesn't need football anymore. He's made a lot of money playing this game, and he doesn't need it anymore. He's going on to, as Chuck Knoll used to say, he's moving on to his life's work. I understand that. That doesn't mean I like it. Yeah, I'm still a fan of this football team. And I have people ask me all the time, well, if a player got traded... Would you then root for that player? And the answer is always 100% a resounding no. I do not root for players. I root for players because they are a part of the Steelers. I root for the Steelers. And so there's a part of me, and I think this is 100% justified, by the way, if you happen to be listening to this podcast and thinking the same exact thing that I'm about to say and feel like, man, the Steelers got hosed in this deal. And they paid Stefan Tuitt roughly $9 million last season, and he didn't even play a snap. I mean, not even one snap. For all we know, he didn't even practice. We saw him prior to the season starting at training camp, maybe trying to get right. But we're not even talking about they never even put him on the clock to come back off of injured reserve. And so there's a part of me that's like, man, the Steelers got screwed here. They royally got screwed. But the, like I said in a, in, a, in a previous article that I wrote for the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com website, which is there's blame to go on both sides. The Steelers said, we're going to give you time. You let us know. And then he let them know. Now, I think he did them a solid doing the retirement on June 1st, waiting until June 1st. That does help the Steelers in terms of salary cap implications. Dave talked about that on Thursday. I'll be talking about that here shortly. 
But there is a part of me that is kind of like, you know what, I understand it, but I don't like it. I don't like it. Because while I understand that Stefan Tuitt is looking out for him, he's looking out for his family, he's looking out for his mental health, that's fantastic. I support him 100%. doesn't mean I have to like it. Now the Steelers have a pretty gaping hole again on their defensive line. So those are just some of my thoughts. Now let's go in. Now I go into like CSI mode, you know, and I'm trying to dig deep. And okay, so what do we know? What do we know? And where do the Steelers go from here? That is the question we're going to have to try and answer in this first half of the show. Let's first start off with the quotation. So Dave Schofield alluded to Kevin Colbert speaking and having some comments about Stefan to it, Mike Tomlin the same, and they did. I went back and looked at every single transcript available to the media. They don't acknowledge us as you know people that can be a practice, but they do acknowledge us in the fact that they give us access to their media guide, their transcripts, etc. So on February 21st, Kevin Colbert was asked about Stefan Tuitt, and here is what he said. Quote, Stefan had a tough season last year. He was battling through a knee injury last year that he worked his way through and ended up putting him on reserve slash injured. He had a personal situation that he had to deal with, and we've been in contact with Stefan and we're very open to continue to help him, and we will continue to evaluate that position and his availability to us. We just hope for the best for him as he tries to come back and be a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers, end quote. Now, that was... February 21st, Kevin Colbert said that. Now, Kevin Colbert spoke on March 1st, March 28th, nothing until May on the 14th. There was no comment. And then it wasn't until May 24th, the first day of organized team activities, phase three, Mike Tomlin had this to say when he was asked about, you know, we know that it's voluntary, but, you know, what do you think about Stefan Tewitt? He said, you're exactly right. This is voluntary. And then there was a follow-up question. Well, wouldn't you want him here? I quote, I focus my energy on those that are here. That's how I make it a productive day, particularly in the football environment that we're in. Now we all know the nature of these workouts. They are voluntary. And so I'm doing a disservice to the men that made the commitment to be here if I have any other mentality. Okay. So Mike Tomlin and they really did leave it open. Okay. They really left it open. And What's really interesting is now that the, the the decision has been made, the move has been made, the retirement announcement on June 1st, now we're trying to figure out, well, when did Tuit make this known? Maybe he made it known to Art Rooney second, now new GM Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin. Maybe it was weeks ago. Maybe it was last week. But for his teammates, it was a couple days ago. Okay, so Tyson Alualu was asked about it. He said that he was just a couple days ago that he'd heard he'd heard from to it himself. And Alualu said, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And this is a guy that was about to go to Jacksonville, and then thankfully, due to a strange stretch of circumstances, finds his way back to Pittsburgh. Nonetheless, you have Cam Hayward. Now, Cam Hayward was the player, one of the lone players on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster during OTAs that said. I think he's going to be back. I think he's going to be back. I think he's working out in Indianapolis. He's ready to go. And when when Cam Hayward, who I've talked about this on my Wednesday show, is the ultimate leader for the Steelers, when he goes out on a ledge like that and says, all right, here we go, 
everyone, myself included, all the fans thought, this is it. This is when you're going to start seeing Tua show up. Here's what Cam Hayward had to say on Thursday after OTA's practice. He said, quote, we've had some talks. I was optimistic, but he's got to do what's best for him. Can't be selfish and just think I want Stefan Tuit the player. I'm more concerned about Stefan Tuit the person. He also said Tuit had told him he was 50-50 in terms of whether he would return. Now, more from Cam Hayward. He said, quote, I can't be mad at a guy for not wanting to come back. It's just unfortunate. If I look like a liar, I don't give a damn. But man, I would have loved to have had him back. When I see that... When I read those quotes from the players, you think all about the quotations from Colbert, from Tomlin, his most recent comments at the beginning of OTA's Phase 3. You're talking about you know, the fact that Chris Wormley even is saying that he thinks he's poised to fill that role by Stefan Tuitt. That, to me, sounds like these players had no idea that Tuitt was about to retire. No idea. And so all these people that say, oh, well, you know, they should have known, they could have done this, whatever... I don't think they knew. The ownership might have known. Tomlin might have known. But if they did, they were pretty they, they were pretty secretive about it, meaning they didn't tell the team. Mike Tomlin could have said in a meeting, listen, talk to Tuit. He's going to talk to you all individually, but he's going to be retiring. He, he clearly did not do that. If, if he would have done that, the players would have said, yeah, we kind of knew this, and we've talked to Stefan, and we wish him the best. That was not the narrative coming out of that locker room. And so now you're stuck. You have Alualu back. That's a plus. You have a very deep room. But where do they go from here? Before we even talk about anything else, let's talk about whether the current depth chart is maybe, just maybe, good enough to absorb the blow of losing to it. You look at Chris Wormley, talked about him. Isaiah Loudermilk going into year two. He has supposedly been really working on his pass rushing because he did not provide much from that in his rookie year. Good run stopper, not a good pass rusher. If you could con- combine Wormley and Loudermilk, it'd be perfect, but clearly that's not an option. Henry Mondo, the Davis brothers, Khalil and Carlos. Uh, you've got Montrevious Adams. And then you have rookie DeMarvin Leal. And I, you know, the thing is, is you hear from people like Jerry Dulac, and he's saying of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, who's trying to be the closest thing to an insider Steeler fans have within the, the media, we'll put it that way, saying, oh, the Steelers, you know, just ignore defensive line. But they spent a third-round pick on DeMarvin Leal. I don't think that's con- I don't think that's necessarily of ignoring it. But still, is the current depth good enough? That's, that's not proven. Let's put it that way. You may like it. I may like it. You might think there's potential there, and that might be factual. But the, another fact that we have to remember is that none of that is proven. Could Isaiah Loudermilk be better? Yes. But he has to prove it. Could DeMarvin Leal step in and make us say, wow, he's kind of like a little Stefan it back when he came into the league? Yes, but we haven't seen it yet. Same with the Davis brothers. Carlos Davis was hurt all last year. Khalil Davis is new to the organization. We've never seen him play in even a preseason game. Chris Wormley, he set career highs in a lot of marks like tackles for losses and sacks last season. But can he stop the run, which is the ultimate concern for the Steelers' defense? Montrevious Adams is athletic. He's fast. But you know what? He's also limited in terms of a technique standpoint. And he, But he had first offseason with the team. This is his first offseason with the team. So the current depth, is it good enough? Well, that depends on, like I said, who you talk to. I think it's one of those things where 
you're going to talk to a fraction of the fan base that says they should go out and get someone. So let's say that they try to do that. They decide there's no way they're going to go into 2022 with the current depth that they have a defensive line. So before you talk about players that could be available and on the open market, as we sit here right now on June 3rd, before we get there, you have to talk about the salary cap. And so I looked at Dave Schofield's article, very good, in-depth, laid everything out there in terms of salary cap, the implications of Stefan Tuitt retiring. So Stefan Tuitt retiring basically saves the team about $9 million, but after displacement, it's more like eight. So they now have an additional $8 million, and that's largely because Stefan Tuitt, like I said, while I feel like the Steelers kind of got hosed in this deal, he did them a solid by waiting until June 1st. It saved them money. You add that to like the 12 plus million that they had, they have roughly $20.5 million in salary cap space as we sit here right now. Say what you want, but that's enough money for them to go out and make a move if they want. They could easily sit on it. They could say, we're going to roll it over into next year. We're going to hope that these players develop they could also say we're going to wait until training camp cuts happen all that stuff could still happen so here are some names of the best of what's left eddie goldman brandon williams nadama kung su uh linville joseph steve mcclendon formerly of the steelers larry ogonjabi nick williams malik jackson sheldon richardson and star i think it's lotu lay he was from buffalo all these players are either aging themselves out of the league are dealing with injuries, and there's a reason why they're still on the open market. So keep that in mind. And so if I'm trying to answer the question that I posed at the beginning of the podcast, where do they go from here? I'm not so sure. I I was really writing my show notes and thinking to myself, I should be able to just, whether it's using the quotes, whether it's looking at the depth that they have, the players that are available, now the salary cap space, I'm going to be able to come up with something that the Steelers Where do they go from here? And the answer is, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. This Steelers team experienced life without Stefan Tuitt last year. But we also have to remember they also had life without Tyson Aluwalu at the same time. And so the Steelers are going to know more than I do in terms of how good is that depth that we are speaking about that's in-house right now. And what would the cost of Ndamukong Sue or a Brandon Williams, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens? I don't think they're going to try and do anything that's a long-term deal. It would be a one-year deal to have some someone come in. Now, I don't know where they go. If I were to be the one making the call, if I'm Omar Khan, I'm trying to bring someone in. I'm trying to bring someone in because I'm not going to have what happened last season with the Steelers' run defense have happen again. I can't. There's no way that I can let that happen again. And so I'm going to use some of that $20.5 million. We know Omar Khan is a genius in terms of salary structures and things like that. Work your magic. Get one of these guys, the best guy you think that's on the market that can come in and help. That's what you do. And you've, it's been proven that if Chris Wormley is a rotational player, that you can live with that. If Chris Wormley's a starter, that's a problem. And so you have to come in and you have to say, we are not going to just sit back and say, well, Wormley's going to improve. Wormley is who he is. People say, well, he put on muscle. I don't care. 
I don't care. This is not a rookie. This is not a guy on a rookie contract. They're not going to change that much at this stage of their career. I make a move. I'm not sure what the Steelers are going to do. I wouldn't be shocked if they sit you know, sit tight and don't do anything. But if I'm the guy, I make a move. I bring in someone that can help for this year and do my best to try to address it that way. I'm not interested so much in a trade, but I am interested in trying to bring in someone that I think can help. We'll see how it plays out. This is something I'm going to ask Jeremy Betts in the second half of the show. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is Friday, the second half of the show, and it's I'm excited for this because this guy, I got to give him a lot of credit. He was a fan of the podcast hmm. network. He was a part of the Ride or Die crew, and when this was, I don't know, a couple years ago, maybe a couple seasons ago, we were going to expand our platform. He emailed me and just said, well, you ever thought about doing a fantasy football podcast? He sent us some samples, and next thing you know, he's a part of the team. He's writing articles. I welcome Jeremy Betts. What's up, Jeremy? How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Um, excited to be a part of this. My start with Behind the Steel Curtain beca- or came on Let's Ride. Uh, I think when you were doing the um, whatever the Spotify thing is now, Anchor. Yeah. But when the green room coming mm-hmm. on and just chatting for a little bit. So, man, I'm excited to be a part of this. Yeah, I forgot all about that. That was a yeah, that was last summer. I think that's when yeah. that was. Um, how did right? you how did you start with? You know, listening to did you were you a follower of the website first behind the steel curtain.com and then you started listening to the podcast or was it vice versa? Yes, I was a follower of the website first. Um, probably since I started college, um, way back in 2013, 2014. Um, just following the website, keeping up with with things from uh, the fans perspective, as well as, you know, obviously all the team stuff that gets put out there directly from the the sources there and the national markets, but I've always enjoyed uh, BTSC. And so it's, it's an amazing uh, opportunity to be a part of it, both in the podcast uh, area, which is fairly new to me. uh, And then the, um, the website as well. For sure, man. It's good to have you on the team. And it just goes to show you that sometimes all you have to do is put out a message. And next thing you know, right. you're you're a part of something much bigger that you never thought you'd be a part of. That kind of is how I got my start too. So it's good to have you on the team. I got to ask you first about this whole Stefan Tui thing. I just spent the whole first half of my podcast talking yep. about my thoughts, just your general thoughts about the Tuit situation. And you can be as blunt as you want in regards to how you handle what was your thoughts when you saw the breaking news happen? Stefan to it decided to retire. What was that? Love to hear it. Sure. So to me, it was quite the surprise just in the 
just in the initial shock of it, uh, because I, uh, based on what I've been hearing from what everybody's been hearing from Cam Hayward and, and others and from Mike Tomlin, the hope was always that he was going to come back, that he was going to be a part of the team in 2022. Multiple people had said that we expect him to be part of the Pittsburgh Steelers in some capacity in 2022. So the retirement did kind of come out of the blue for me. I'm, I am totally behind him, 100% support him because of the situations that he has found himself in recently, as far as uh, the tragic loss of his brother and uh, his injury don't need to dive too deep into all of that, but it's, you know, it's something that he feels he needs to do. So definitely a, a big supporter of him, wish him nothing but the best, but it, it's a big blow to the team uh, that he's not going to be back in some capacity. And uh, even in my opinion, even if he wasn't, wasn't a hundred percent of himself, uh, in 2022, I still think that he would be an upgrade on what the Steelers had in place last year and uh, look to have in place this year. So definitely going to be missed as a Steeler. And I think that the the defense itself, uh, especially along the, the front line there, is going to be hurting again unless they do something else to address it in the coming weeks. We'll get to that. I'll tell you what my first thought was. When my phone buzzed and I looked at it, I'm at my other job. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, this sucks. That was my knee jerk reaction. We always do the knee jerk reaction article. And it was always, well, this, this is awful. I mean, yeah. you understand that side of Stefan to it that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can explore that part of your life and you can give up football and that's fine. But for the Steelers, cause let's be honest, we are Steelers fans, right? Well, this sucks. I mean, now here you are going into another season and now, you know, now that's the only good thing is the only caveat here is that, you know, that you're not going to have to, right. isn't the, is he going to come back? Is he not going to come back? Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. There's no limbo. It's definitive. That's one thing, but let me ask you this. I'm I, my whole first part of the show was based on where did the Steelers go from here? And I talked about players that are on the market. I talked about the current depth chart. And when I finished, I was just like, I don't know what they're going to do. I gave my thoughts on what I think they should do. I don't know what they're going to do. Let's talk about that first. Not you yourself, Jeremy. What do you think the Steelers will do? I think they could go one of two ways here. Um, The first being, let's take a look at the free agent market. It's not going to cost us a lot of money at this point. We can bring in a guy on a one-year deal that can or, or a two-year deal even uh, that can boost our our depth, uh, boost our uh, ability at the starting positions as well across from Cam Hayward. Um, and it's not going to cost us that much, so why not go for it? The other option, which if, if Kevin Colbert was still here, if there had not been so much shakeup this offseason across the board for the Steelers, um, especially there in the front office now, Brandon Hunt moving on, and then Omar Khan taking Colbert's place as the general manager, bringing in Andy Weidel. There's a lot going on there that makes me think that the Steelers could probably go the free agency direction as opposed to in the past, which I would have thought they would probably stick with Loudermilk, stick with their draft pick, Leal, um, stick with Chris Warmly, those kind of guys in and just bump them up Montrevious Adams as well bump those guys up into a starting role on the team and just trust your 
ability to groom and to develop these, these talents as a team. I don't know if that's the direction they're going to go now. I think they're, they might lean more towards bringing in somebody because they're freeing up some cap space with to its timely retirement uh, being on the June 1st date that helps the Steelers out there. And uh, they, they can use that money then to bring in somebody uh, maybe a Larry Ogunjobi, maybe uh, an Eddie Goldman, somebody who's good against the run, who provides solid starting uh, potential for the team, start, starting reps for the team that allows some of these guys that we were hoping would be depth pieces to remain depth pieces. So you you are saying, let me if I have heard you correctly, you're saying that you think with Andy Weidel, and now Omar Khan calling the shots, they're more likely to go outside the outside the franchise organization, whatever you want to call it, and bring in a free agent compared to if Colbert was here. Am I correct? Yeah, I I'm I feel like they they're going to want to make their mark somehow, and this okay. might be one of the ways to do it. They I, they need yeah, to that's fine. take a couple flyers here to to stamp their their name and image and likeness on this roster in 2022 there'd be no better way for the fan base to get behind them if, than them yeah. doing that the, the fan base if there was one frustration with kevin colbert it was that sometimes he'd never pull the trigger on a move and even when there were right. quality players out there he sometimes was like i like our guys and i understand that you like your guys and this isn't if they were to go out and get even an nadama can which maybe people don't want that player but that's a name sure. people know that name yeah even if they were to go out and get him that's not a damning statement of DeMarvin Leal or Isaiah Loudermilk. They're young players. That's a rookie and a second-year guy. If anything, you're just looking for a one, like you said, one to two-year deal. I don't know. Now, if you were calling the shots, Jeremy, which direction would you go in terms of trying to figure out this whole situation? If, if I'm calling the shots, I'm doing the same exact thing I think they're going to do. I think they're okay. I, I would just jump out there and and find somebody I can bring in on a one or two year deal. Somebody that um, probably a little younger. I'd go for a guy like Eddie Goldman or Ogunjobi, who uh, guys that I've mentioned already that are still in their 20s. They've still got youth uh, on their side and uh, the ability to be better next to a guy like Cam Hayward. And let's not forget about Tyson Alualu there coming back as well. His experience and his ability in the middle and his, uh, his versatility in the middle would allow uh, somebody coming in to, to have some of the pressure taken off of them to be the, the fix for this team. But it would be a, such a solid help. If I'm the general manager, if I'm Omar Khan, I'm grabbing my checkbook and I'm, grabbing my phone and I'm, I'm making some phone calls and I'm going to see who's willing to come down and play for Mike Tomlin and uh, Carl Dunbar and um, Brian Flores and Terrell Austin and see who wants to do that. I think there's going to be a lot of people that would, would want to. And I think that they're going to, that's the direction that they're going to go. And that's the direction I would go. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's leave the Stefan to it topic for a second. And I want to ask you a question that a lot of fans in the Steelers nation are very split on. And that is Deontay Johnson. Do you think that Deontay Johnson is worth the ever elusive second contract mm -hmm. for a wide receiver that the Pittsburgh Steelers rarely give out, at least since they gave one to Antonio Brown, what's your stance on Deontay Johnson heading into 2022? Man, that is tricky, and I've been on the fence on this kind of all offseason. 
and even during the season two. But I, I, I say you go for it. I say you pay the guy. And here's why. Continuity on this offense is something that this, they don't have really at this point. There, there's not any long-tenured players that bring a lot of leadership and, and skill and reliability to the offense. You're relying on a bunch of young guys trying to gel quickly and, uh, and that youth and uh, passion for the game and the young talent being a, a reason that they're successful and you've got to have some gel pieces, some glue pieces in there. And I think Deontay Johnson can be that not only is he one of the better route runners in the league and a, a absolute technician on the route. He, he brings some of that. I've been here. I've done that. Let's let's gel as a group here and let's be one of the better wide receiver units in the league. I think if, if you lose him, then you're going to end up trying to bring in a veteran guy to be that anyway. So why not pay him? You know what you've got in him. You know what he could be as well with better quarterback play uh, potentially here uh, with some younger signal signal callers in the backfield. And uh, let's just see what we got. I think you pay him. And when I asked you the question, you said, boy, that's tricky. Now let me ask you this next follow-up. Where does what gives you pause about that second contract for Deontay Johnson? That is not the fact that he's dealt with drops in his career. Is there anything in particular that stands out that you're like, okay, the drops are one thing I understand it, but man, there's this one or two. Like what, what causes pause when you were had to think Mm -hmm. about that for a sec? I think it's the fact that he's not, he's not an explosive athlete. He's not really a, take the top off the defense. Um, he's not a power guy. He, he kind of is, he relies on his separation ability to be a good wide receiver. And while he's very good at that, how long does that last? Physical talent is, is king at the NFL level. We see that every year in the draft. We saw it this year with, um, with the first round or the first overall pick to Jacksonville uh, not being Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, there you go. Went with, Trayvon Walker instead, all because of the athleticism and the potential. And that to me, as somebody who follows the draft, kind of considers myself a draft Nick, if you will, that that's my area of specialty. Uh, That's kind of my pause there too, is Deontay doesn't scare you from a physical standpoint. He's going to be technically better than you in a lot of facets, but how long does that last? how long before uh, other wide receivers on the, on the depth chart uh, potentially overtake him. You're looking at uh, Pickens and, and Claypool. If they can put it together physically, they have the ability to be better wide receivers than Deontay Johnson. They're not right now, but if that takes place, if that happens, then maybe it is wise to keep, leave yourself an out on Deontay Johnson. Last question about DJ. If you were to sign him, would you try to get it done now? Before going into the fourth year deal, part of his deal, would you make it an extension of that current contract? Or are you going to say, I still want to see more. Let's play out 2022 and then we'll talk. I, I would love for them to, to let it play out this year. They're going to spend a lot of money on Minka Fitzpatrick, most likely this offseason. Um, they're going to probably need, like, I, like I'm saying, to bring in a, a defensive tackle of some kind to, to play on that defensive line. So I would love 
for Mike Tomlin and company to kind of sit down with them and say, Hey man, we want you here long-term. There's just a couple things that we'd like to see. We'd like to see the concentration drops, not become a, a problem again this year. And we'd love to see you just kind of take over this room and really be a leader. If you can do those things, then we would love to keep you around. So maybe I'd, I'd hold off this off season and, and go into next off season. I, I don't feel like Deontay's a, a guy that gets a lot of clout around the league. Um, and maybe that works to the Steelers advantage if they kind of let him test some free agency waters next year, or uh, try to bring him back a little bit earlier than that on a team friendly well, maybe not even team friendly uh, uh, on a on a deal that gets him in Pittsburgh um, long term after having him having seen him fix some of those issues that give them pause at this point. There are certain teams that screw everything up, you know, I mean, in the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars screwed up a lot of stuff oh, man. when they signed Christian Kirk to that monster deal. This was not a DeAndre Hopkins. This was not a Julio Jones in his prime. This wasn't Antonio Brown in his prime. This was Christian Kirk. And Deontay Johnson has to be sitting there saying, I'm better than that guy. I mean, yeah. he got what? Like, I'm better than that guy. I made the Pro Bowl last year. I'm better than that guy. So that's going to throw a wrench into these things. I think the Steelers are going to have a cap on what they want to pay him. It just depends right. on whether he's willing to work with them and they're willing to work with him. I'm warming up to the idea of bringing back Deontay Johnson, but I'm just not sold on it yet. I don't want him to do it now. Wait till after his rookie contract and then talk. Yes. I want to ask you a couple of questions about the upcoming season before I let you go. Who do you think from a receiving standpoint is going to have the most touchdowns this season? Ooh, that's, that's tricky. My gut wants to say uh, Pat Fryermuth because he's such a big, big target in the red zone. He's going to be that security blanket for, whoever the starting quarterback ends up being. I think your, your surprise player in that regard could be Pickens because okay. he's just su such an amazing uh, high pointer of the football. His, his length is, is huge in the red zone. If you talk to, to scouts and coaches, um, they're looking for length, that ability to separate in tight spaces like that. Uh, George Pickens, um, is, is a guy that I could see having a role down there. Um, I'm going to go with Pat Fryermuth as my top option for most receiving touchdowns, uh, but I'm actually going to steer a different direction for my most likely second. I think it's Deontay Johnson. Mm. We're talking a surprise in, in Pickens, but Deontay Johnson, that quick separation on the goal line, th that ability to just not even be touched really uh, in short yardage situations and, and tight window situations that's going to work to his advantage too. So I'm going to go Fryermuth and then uh, Deontay Johnson. All right. Last question. Who do you think has more yards this season yards receiving Pickens or Claypool? Ooh. I'm going to go bold here, Jeff, and I'm going to say it's Pickens. Mm. I'm going to say that George Pickens by the end of 2022 is the Steelers number one receiver. Nice. He's, he reminds me of AJ green and not just because he played at Georgia, but because of the body type, the control, um, the ability to, to get open over the top and to run the whole route tree. He's going to have to work on his, on his breaks, getting in and out of, of routes at the top. But if he can do that and, and, 
become a cleaner prospect at, from that point of view. This guy's got all the potential in the world to be the best wide receiver in this draft class and therefore the best wide receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers come 2023. I love it, man. I love it. So, hey, what I always do is I give you a chance to say something to the Ride or Die crew. You can plug your Twitter account. You can talk about the, the Steelers Fix podcast, whatever you want. Now's your time. Okay, yeah. So uh, follow me on Twitter um, at the bets ninety three. Uh, the Steelers fixes has been focusing uh, more on the the league as a whole here, and we're trying to figure out where the Steelers fit into the entire league. So check out the last couple episodes. We've been uh, ranking the AFC and NFC teams into tiers, and where the Steelers kind of fall into those places. And then don't forget to check out the website as well. I'm doing a series uh, on like a roster review after the the draft where the Steelers sit in each different roster position just finished the offensive line and the tight ends this last week so go check that out and uh, more content to come from behind the steel curtain yeah so Jeremy or as I like to call him on our slack channel Jerome Jerome Betts I don't know it just sounds it sounds right but the last name Betts I was like Jeremy Jerome like he's Jerome so it's a Jerome show Uh, I remember listening to the (laughs) Jerome Betts show when I was a kid growing up near Pittsburgh so Thank you, Jeremy, for the time as always, and I look forward to seeing you next Friday. Take it easy. You too, man. All right, a big thank you to Jeremy for taking the time, and I'm looking forward to having him on my show uh, You know, every Friday. It's just going to be a lot of fun. I love his insights. Make sure you check out the Steelers Steelers Fix podcast, which is every Tuesday at noon. But I want to finish it up with a heart-to-heart. You know, mental health has become a very hot-button topic in today's society, and rightfully so. It is important. And with Stefan Tuitt, that has definitely been a talking point throughout this entire situation, his mental health. And that is not something that has got been lost with me. I, I want to make my comments about him uh, very, very clear, and that is that I am trying to look at this from a grand scope and not just one side. So, yes, his mental health is an issue We want him to be healthy, both physically, emotionally, mentally. But at the same time, I also have to think of this in that grand scope, also from the side of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that is they lost a tremendous talent when he decided to retire on, I think it was Wednesday afternoon. And that is something that the Steelers are going to have to deal with. So I don't want anyone out there to think that my comments made at the beginning of the show about Stefan Tuitt was in any way, shape, or form downplaying mental health. I am not doing that at all. Trust me, I am not. But ultimately, it comes down to the fact that I'm just trying to have a grand scope and trying to look at this from both sides. I think we all can do that on more than one occasion and in more than one scenario. So I just wanted to clarify that as my heart-to-heart on Friday. I hope everyone has a great Great weekend. I'm working on a guest. Not sure if I'm going to get it. If not, we'll have someone for the Monday morning conversation. I hope it's I hope it's a good weekend for you. You know how we finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Good to you. Lucky Land. 
Chumbacasino.com. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.